Hello, and welcome to the Spirit World Center. This is another entry in our Spirits and Seekers series, and today I'm joined by Olivia Estelle, and she is a professional psychic, an intuitive astrologer, a hypnotherapist, and many more things. So I'd like to turn it over to Olivia. Olivia, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your, and your spiritual practice? Thank you, Eric. Hello, everyone. Yes. So I, I do, I work as an intuitive doing readings. I do um, regression hypnotherapy. Um, so past life regression, um, life between life, um, working with, you know, childhood memories, um, working with altered states like that. And then intuitive astrology. So I recently got certified by the AMAFA, took an eight hour long test. And I can now, I, I like to pull together all, all three, honestly, into sessions where I do kind of a little of all of it is, is really my, my favorite thing to do. But really all things, this whole world of paranormal is, is my, my jam. So here we are. Fantastic. And you've had yeah. a a life full of the paranormal, that's for sure. Um, do you feel that you've been working like this, the side of you that's, uh, that's working with hypnotherapy and with uh, your psychic abilities and such? When did you start doing that? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's I, well, I would say at about 27. I got, I was like, you know, I'm going to get certified in hypnotherapy. I was bartending at the time, you know, it was completely different worlds. Like I, I was hitting my Saturn returns, you know, and I was like, I'm going to go get certified in hypnosis. This is so cool. So I get, you know, certified in regular hypnosis. And then I go on into regression hypnosis and it just kind of dovetails from there. The, the, training for regression hypnosis is where I actually met my husband. So we had this almost a soul connection, right? And my, my awakening just accelerated from there. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I suppose it's taken you into many interesting rabbit holes along the way as you delve into yes. things. Yes, absolutely. I think it was right after the regression training and, you know, it was like an activation and then um, meeting my husband and I, I went into this in just spirit guide led intuitive training, really, that I, I would just go out and be in the land and sit outside, basically, and follow my thoughts, just kind of let my <clears throat> pay attention to where my thoughts were going. And once I would get through kind of the, just the, the normal chatter of my thoughts, it would, it would take me down like these beautiful, almost like daydreams. It felt like, you know, so I'm, I'm fighting off this, this urge to think that this is just my imagination. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just following it anyway. And that's really where my, I realized, Oh, this stuff I've been doing my whole life is what people call psychic. I didn't know that. All of this stuff to me was just very normal. Like I, I always thought I was normal. I really wanted to be normal. <laughs> I tried. So my awakening really just made me 
happier actually, because I had been trying to be so normal for so long <clears throat> and it wasn't working. <laughs> so I, my, my psychic awakening actually led me into deeper and deeper levels of happiness. As I started working, I started developing psychic ability and then just started doing readings for family, for fun. And then I started, you know, doing sessions for people. Wonderful. So basically, <laughs> as soon as you allowed yourself, you know, gave yourself permission to delve into these things, it just caught momentum and it brought you here. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And so you have had a lifetime that seems predisposed to these types of experiences, right? So can you tell us something about that? So it, it really goes back to the very beginning, right? You mentioned that at your C-section, <laughs> there was some interesting yes. things going on. Yes. So I got, I had the, the privilege of um, watching the video of my birth, which I was a C-section baby, you know, so it's basically a video of a surgery. Um, and I, I see my, my own, my own head come out and my eyes are wide open and I, I'm not crying. Like I'm, as I'm watching my, myself being born, it was pretty much a spiritual experience for me, honestly. I'm, I'm looking into my own eyes in the video camera and I start having these, these visions, like these memories. It's almost like when you remember a dream, very far away sort of visual memory um, of what it looked like in the room, except everything was blurry. And it was mostly like color, um, color blurs rather than blurry forms. And so, and then I started having sense experiences of how it felt, like how the air felt um, hitting my skin when I, when I came out of the womb. And then it was just a, a really profound realization as to what psychic ability and what memory is. Wow. Yes. That's, um, that's curious. Cause I, I, I can honestly say I don't have any early memories like that myself, but at the same time, that trigger of uh, watching that video and then gaining access to those types of uh, very, you know, different experiences, right? Because that's right. You know, obviously you're talking about uh, seeing the world through this lens that doesn't really have any concepts yet or any kind of, you know, and, and so it's seeing the world in a very different way. That is very, very curious. And uh, you were mentioning to me that at the same time, your mother had a very interesting experience immediately after your birth, right? Yes. And so after there, there's, you know, the famous kind of story, the family story in our family that I've heard all my life. So she was in that twilight sleep um, where, you know, the mothers are still awake, but, but numbed there. So they, they have some sort of drug in their body and she's having a dream, you know, that, that these people are filing through the room to see me. And they look, it's like all different nationalities, all different, you know, sizes and, you know, it's men and women fought, filing through. They, they all look very different and they almost look from different eras too, like different times, very odd dress for some of them. And so my mom is also obviously very psychic. And so whenever she would tell me about this dream, I was always, you know, we would, we, I always took dreams very, um, 
very seriously. <laughs> like I, I always took the symbolism very seriously. And so I, I, I got the feeling, you know, about, about past lives and, you know, either past lives coming to visit or, you know, spirit guides, kind of like we mentioned when in our, in our talk earlier, but I, that was something that has always stuck with me. Wow. Well, that is certainly an interesting first 24 hours there. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I can definitely see that the spirit guide angle, the, the past life angle, uh, regardless of, of what it was, that's very interesting, very interesting and right. very unique. That's for sure. Yeah. And so the experiences of course, didn't stop there. Uh, you were telling me about, um, experiences then that you start having in your crib as a child, right? Yes. So I'm lying in the crib and I'm looking out the crib bars. So my only, you know, my view is that I'm just, I'm like sideways and I'm looking through bars. So I know I'm in the crib and the, there's a light shining. It's dark. And so I, I can tell the door actually isn't probably open, but there's a light shining where the door is and someone is coming in kind of making me feel really good because before I was feeling kind of sad or like alone maybe like scared you know I'm just like lying in bed alone probably um probably knowing that no one is really going to come in till the morning and then I have this beautiful light coming through that I just remember watching and I would have these you know, and I feel like it would happen a lot. Like I would just watch this light. I would just be smiling and, and watching it. They'd be looking down, you know, over the crib. And I don't have any memories of what it looked like or, or who it was. I just remember it filling me with this um, happy feeling. Wow. And then, yeah. And do you have any kind of intuitive sense of what it might have been or just it felt just something that was good? Yeah, I always I feel like now it's it was a it was my spirit guide or my higher self coming in to just either, you know, play or soothe me or just there was just a beautiful there was like an angelic kind of quality to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's uh, and it's interesting, though, because that didn't last forever, right? Right. So I still, I was, I was still in the age um, range of lying in the crib when I was told I was hospitalized with an illness. And then after coming back from after, it's like, after I knew there was like a, a gap, like almost like a memory gap, kind of like a trauma gap. Um, and then after that, I remember looking through the bars feeling really, I was feeling kind of lonely before, but now I'm feeling really dull. Like every, all my senses are dull. That's just my best way to describe it. And I'm looking through the bars and I see the, it's like, it's like the door is backlit, but it's almost like a, it's not a white light. It's almost like a, like a, like a blue. And so there's like this blue rectangle, um, which looks like the doorway. And then there's three grays that are standing in the doorway still just looking at me. And I still remember like their spindly little silhouettes. They're pretty short. I want to say like three feet. 
Um, there's three of them and they're just standing there. And then where my memory ends, where I think the trauma, the fear takes over is when they're moving and they're walking toward, they're coming toward me. And that's, that's when I know like something is not good here. And that's really where my, my memory kind of blacks out. Right, right. And so one thing I want to do is, is definitely thank you for sharing this type of encounter. Okay. Because I think that's very important to share these types of experiences so that people know, look, these things happen, you know, and, um, and I think what's curious is that um, you personally, you know, you don't jump on the whole jump all the way to the whole extraterrestrial hypothesis here, right? You're very open-minded to, to what you might have encountered in that moment. Yes, absolutely. Like I really got, you know, I I feel like when it comes to the whole idea of grays, there is just a, a broad range of what that body style could be. Um, I feel like there, there's, all kinds of possibilities, you know, these did not feel positive. And I, there, there was some sort of like lower astral feel to them. So I'm not really, I never really got the, never really, they didn't seem super extraterrestrial to me. They seemed kind of like they knew what they were doing that. And I, I just felt like even if they did say that they were extraterrestrial, they would be lying. That's just the that's just the, um, the vibe they gave. And one thing I've realized in my, in my time among the paranormal and in shamanism and such is this world is incredibly diverse and there's many possibilities out there, many experiences, and there can be, you know, for any experience, there's, there's, there's many different things that can be going on. We're, we're in the middle of a rich spiritual ecosystem and there's many different kinds of consciousnesses many different kinds of spirits it's not to say that the extraterrestrial hypothesis is wrong that absolutely can be happening in some experiences but at the same time you know you're you know if you're seeing a spirit you're seeing a consciousness that has taken on a certain form and its interaction with you and so uh, it, it certainly can be can be many things so that's that's exactly. very curious. And do you do you have any memories of those beings in the room with you, like or or interacting, or it like it really shuts off when you sense movement? Like that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So the moving part was really creepy. Like that, just that, that scene, watching them move was just. But I have time. It's like that never really stopped. It's like they were constantly um, bombarding throughout, throughout my life. But I, I would really, I was very, very good at dissociating. I was very dissociative. I was very good at just being like, well, I'm just going to close my eyes and make this all disappear. You know, in my, in my bed at night, I remember telling my parents, like, I don't know how to fall asleep. Like, how do you fall asleep? How do I do it? And they were just like, uh, close your eyes. You know, it was kind of, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell a kid how, but all I knew was I just needed to fall asleep so that I didn't have to see them. Like I didn't have to see the creepy things that would come through my room and it would, it would be all manner of things. Like I have, I have a memory. I really have one memory of like a red 
portal thing opening up in the wall. Um, and it was really lumpy. It was really not something that you would want to go into. And out of it, I saw like a like a lizard looking, um, what I now know is a reptilian. But then, you know, it was just like dark entity, right? To me, like that's how it felt. And I don't necessarily, I, from there, it's like they will kind of come toward me and then I black out. So it's not like I really remember exactly what was going on. I would have snippets of memories with sometimes with the grays of being on tables, being strapped down onto tables. And so there was like an abduction kind of memory that would that would start to, and all of these memories, not all of them, not, not these earliest memories, but later on in my in my psychic awakening, when my psychic memory started coming more online. I started having more and more memories come back. And so lots of it was about kind of what, you know, what my trauma blocks were with, with these entities. And some of it was, you know, kind of the typical abduction scenarios. And it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't nice. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And do you feel like you were basically tranced out when these types of things were happening or um, like when you feel like you had an abduction scenario, right? Do you yeah. feel like you were still in the room after, or do you feel like you were, do you feel like something physical happened or more kind of a, on a spiritual um, uh, energetic level? What, what do you feel? Yeah, I feel like I had both. I feel like I absolutely had the astral, um, just the as lots of astral activity um, because I would, I had so many memories of sitting up in bed and looking at a blue window, like looking at a blue rectangle, um, like a blue window, knowing that something wanted me to like fly up, go through it, like fly up through it. And I remember one time sitting up and waking up and realizing, oh, that was a dream you know, or I, that, that was like a, an astral kind of dream because when I woke up, I was lying down and I was lying, I was lying down. I wasn't sitting up. And so it was a weird thing where I realized, oh, like I was looking out through my astral eyes in some of these dream memories. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I, but I did have, there were lots of weird things that would happen with, um, around this. So like we would have one morning we woke up and there were like 20 dead birds in our yard and just in our yard. So it was super eerie. You're like looking at, and it was just in our yard. None of the neighbors had these dead birds, just us. And so, and we lived in a really kind of tight neighborhood you know just the houses are right next to each other small lots and so it just always felt like something came from above that interfered with like birds flying through um and I don't I still really don't know exactly what that is but there was a lot of memories of like the front of a knock coming on the front door and then my memory blacking out Interesting. Until being, still to this day, if someone knocks on my door, I get creeped out. Like there's, it's still like a, there's still something there. But again, like I was very good at disassociating, and so my memories about it have all been psychic, like psychic, um, psychically um, excavated. Right, and so it's almost like a, a trigger would come in, 
and then suddenly you would be able to kind of check out go into that trance state and and not you know or or maybe encounter it and experience it but experience it in a way that you didn't have access to after right right yes this is yeah yeah this is the interesting thing about trance that's for sure yeah the the knock the knock at your front door do you remember anything about the knock like was it just a single knock or was it a pattern um there's a weird memory that I have where it's nighttime and everyone is still awake and someone knocks at the door three times and my parents get stand up and they go to bed and I'm left standing there like what I mean I'm left we're left me and my brother are left sitting in the living room like what is that and I just I know the front door opens and I see men standing outside in black suits and that is all I remember and it's like one of that's one of the most I think terrifying memories because that one feels physical because from there I just feel I remember like white vans you know and I'm like okay that that one doesn't feel um that one doesn't quite feel astral but there can be you know that uh, those astral memories can feel so lifelike that I've just always wondered mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing, right? Um, when we are having these experiences, yeah, astral experiences can feel incredibly lifelike. Um, right. At the same time, the one thing I've realized is that the, the range of the ways in which things can manifest can also take on a very physical appearance as well. So it's, right. it's, it's really, you know, we live in a very... One thing I've realized is that reality can melt away very easily in certain circumstances. Yeah. And and once you're in that kind of circumstance uh, situation, it, it literally feels like the ground below you, the the certainty, the the the, the material reality that you've been relying on so for so long suddenly has given way, and and just you know all things that you were certain of just melt and melt away, yes. you know? Yes. And, and it's that, true. and that, you know, when you hear three knocks at your door and your parents go to bed and you're left with an experience that happens after, you know, who knows if that's physical or if that's a, a trance astral experience after that, but it's, it's a meaningful experience. That's the thing. Right. right? And it's really strange. Cause there, there would be missing time after that. So I, I, and I would never go back, you know, into thinking Look, what, what was that? I would wake up. All I would remember is waking up the next morning, very, very hungry, very depleted. Interesting. And it was usually a weekend night. And that that's not, I, I don't get the feeling that that only happened once. So it's like, you know, I just, it, there's just a kind of a foreboding feeling around that. And, but one thing that I have come to a, a conclusion that I have come to is that even if something is an astral memory or it's happening with my astral eyes, to me, it doesn't really matter. It's still affecting me on the physical it still does. And it's still part of reality. Maybe not my waking reality, um, but it's still very real to me. Absolutely. It's something I tell my students all the time is just yes. because it's something that happens spiritually doesn't mean it 
isn't real, right? And and right. that you know that is, you know, even right. um, Whitley Strieber, right? He's one of the original guys who wrote about alien abductions because he wrote about what was happening to him in the 1980s uh, yes. in a book called uh, Communion. And he eventually got played by Christopher Walken when they made the the movie of it and all this. But even yeah. Whitley Strieber, you know, nowadays he's one of the first to say that when he is suffering an abduction event, uh, he's he's perfectly okay with admitting that he's probably still in the room, right? That people could probably yeah. look at him and just his consciousness is gone. But that yes. doesn't make the actual experience any less relevant because something is interacting with them, right? Exactly. And that that is important right that yes. is um and so that is it's essential to not discount the value or the the, the exactly the striking importance just because it might not have let's say materially happened because let's face it what is the physical what is material when right. you start delving into the into the really the depths of 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 uh, metaphysics and spirituality right um very very interesting wow yes. now now you have had some paranormal things that were happening to you at around this time that uh did seem a bit more embodied right so you mentioned that you were yes. in your bed and you kind of got pulled right yes so later when i was a little older i had the toddler um wall on the bed um the thing that kind of keeps you from rolling out and so i know i'm some young, you know, age in that window. And I, I wake up with my leg pulled through it, like pulled under it. Um, somehow I get like wedged inside and, you know, I'm like screaming and crying. My parents like running, like, how did you do this? And I can't say anything. I can't, I mean, what am I supposed to, like, I can't explain that. And then I think it's it's around that same time my brother has you know long term like long standing memory of what he claims and now now my brother is very he's very practical he's not into any of the stuff like he knows his sister's a psychic and he's like okay whatever that's weird and you know he's like he does it now so it, it's not you know that you can really tell that he's like I can't explain this but when he was a kid, he has a memory of being somehow pulled, his arm was pulled through the wall. And he woke, he was like screaming like, ah, cause he couldn't get his hand out. It was, it was trapped in, in the wall. And so he kind of like woke up screaming. And of course my parents were like, are, are you okay? Cause your hand was not in the wall, you know? So there was so much gaslighting going on. It, it's so easy to gaslight astral experiences because of you know they're they're so strange and they're they dovetail with the physical in a weird way but that was very like very physical for him and then he also saw around the same time he has you know he, and he still still to this day he says this is the scariest thing that ever happened to him he would see the wolf man half man half wolf standing crouching in his window looking at him and he would just wake up screaming and crying and he was often and we we moved to a different house another haunted house later an even older house um that was and he was definitely always seeing things and hearing things it was 
kind of just never ending really for, for any of us. Wow. That is, um, and how old was he at this time? Um, I'm just wondering yeah, what age so, bracket. Yeah. I'm going to say that I had to be anywhere from like two to six. So he was in that same range. Right. And would you say you know, that, that he was seeing more than you at that time or about the same? Probably about the same. I was just really dissociative and I would, I would literally block it off. I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, it's, it's bedtime. I know they're coming. I am just going to close my eyes and not open them till the morning. And that was my philosophy. And I would try to get my brother with me and like, I would try to like teach it to him. Um, when we, when we got older and we lived in a, a really old farmhouse, um, on, on much more haunted land, actually, he would be really scared. And I would just be like, you know, he'd be like, okay, you know, like come into my bedroom, like sleep in here. Cause he was so scared. I mean, and I remember going into his room being like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this room is actually a lot more creepy than mine. And I, I didn't know why, but I would see like shadow men standing in the corners, um, like shadowy hat kind of figure like hat man, typical hat man things like around him. And it was always kind of in his room. And I, so I would, I would sleep in there with him, but it was creepier actually to do that. But he was very, very, very scared. And, you know, him and my mom, they have a story. Neither one of them believe in ghosts, by the way. And they both have a story of hearing the door upstairs close really loudly. No one else was home. So my mom looks at him. She's like, do you want to go to Sonic? Let's go. He's like, yes. <laughs> and they just leave. They're out. So the, the house was super old, super haunted. I saw, uh, I was sleeping upstairs um, in the guest bedroom with my cousin um, one night. And I, I'm leaning over to talk to her, you know, the lights are out. I'm on I have my elbow, you know, like I'm leaning up on my elbow, looking at her. Well, she has her, her clothes hanging behind her on one of those like hanging racks. She has a white dress hanging on this hanging rack. So I'm looking at it and suddenly as I'm talking to her, the white dress is starting to kind of glow. And I'm just thinking, oh, you know, maybe the air, the vent came on and is blowing, you know, the dress moving it. There, there were kind of like old vents back then. And I'm looking at it like, okay, this is normal as I'm talking to her. I'm seeing it from my peripheral. So suddenly it starts really moving. And as when I look up, it's not her white dress. It is a woman. It's a full on apparition. It looks backlit. It's white backlit. It's just really just like they show in movies actually. And she's reaching out toward, she's reaching like a hand toward me. She's actually really, really beautiful. And she, she just looks very like um, kind of desperate reaching toward me. And I, my heart stops and I am like, I cover my head, like I, I throw the cover over my head and she's like, we're like mid sentence. She's like, what is it? And I don't say anything. And she turns and looks behind her and she screams. And we never, we never spoke about that. And so years later at my wedding, when everyone's back um, in that area back, we go into that house and I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of remember seeing a ghost right there for my, I mean, it's probably like your white dress. And Noelle was like, no, she was wearing a white dress. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. So you saw it. Like we hadn't spoken of it until years later, like neither one of us wanted to bring it up, but 
Wow. So she did have a, an actual memory of seeing that. Yes. That apparition. <laughs> She's like, that wasn't my white dress. It was wearing a white dress. I was like, okay, good. So you saw it. She was like, yeah, I don't know why, why we didn't talk about it. Why we didn't, we, it was, but it was one of those heart stopping fear moments. Like mm-hmm. I can't explain the amount of fear in that moment. And really, it really wasn't, she wasn't, the woman wasn't scary. The ghost wasn't scary. I kind of feel like she was my, my great grandmother, you know, just coming, trying to communicate with us. I, there was also, you know, a lot of that house was so old. There was a lot of um, kind of infirmary things going on in there. So I I know people had died in that room, but I, I never got a bad feeling from that ghost it was just the shock of seeing an apparition that's the thing i I find that's that's one of the saddest things for spirits as well you know they're 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 across the veil there and they they're looking to interact and unfortunately it's very difficult for them to do so without freaking us out (laughs) so you know it's like the casper the friendly ghost syndrome right hello and everyone screams and runs away um yeah wow that that is and the the house then that you the farmhouse that you moved to with your brother um was there anything about that house that seems to you would would have made it more active um is this the same house that you say had the infirmary and all that yeah yes okay, um that would it, do it. yeah it was a house that was built and then burned down and then rebuilt that would also do it okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay Right. And so it's now it's like a historical um, site in that city um, in North Texas. And so I, I do know that there, there was a lot of um, the guy that lived there supposedly died in the bedroom that I saw that ghost. And so I didn't, you know, I don't think I didn't know that until later. My dad was like, oh yeah, you know, this house is haunted. Dad came out with all these stories. And of course I'm like so mad. I'm like, why didn't you guys tell me this sooner? But they're, you know, they're trying not to keep their daughter from believing in ghosts, which that did not work. Here I am. <laughs> but they're they are um dad was like, yeah, so I would I hired um I, and I think it happened a couple times. He was hiring contractors to do work to fix it up, to make it livable. Um, before we moved in, he would have people running out of there and, and leaving their job undone, being like, I'm not stepping foot in that house. There are footsteps. People are like coming toward me up the, the staircase and I look and there's no one there and they left. So someone working on the stairs said that. And then someone working on the cabinets in the kitchen said something about like a door opening and the footsteps walking down the hallway and they're gone. So he had trouble getting people in to work on it. So he did a lot of the work himself to <laughs> fix it up because he's, I mean, he's an Aries, you know, very, it's like a dauntless kind of energy. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you're aware that, you know, renovations are one of the things that can make a house so very active. So that, uh, yeah, yes, that's I never thought of that. There. Yeah. That makes sense. That Did makes your sense. Father experience anything when he was working on the house, or was it more of these 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 out outside contractors? Yeah, I think it was more the outside contractors. If he did, he didn't. He he wasn't going to claim it. He might he might be. Um, he might just also be dissociating it or just being like, no, nah, I'm not, you know, not paying attention to it. 
some people are just a bit more closed off this bit less sensitive to this stuff as well so it's uh, many possibilities there right wow wow so um i definitely want to get to another experience that you were talking about and that was your experience with your vipassana retreat um that is i think this is a, a really instructive one for uh, for people in terms of things like cleansing and entity removal and uh, kind of the the experiences that can happen, kind of embodied experiences that happen in relation to spiritual change within a person. So uh, I'll, I'll let you run with that. The uh, your, your 10-day Vipassana retreat, what happened? Yes. So along my awakening, you know, um, I started opening up, you know, I got into opening up psychically and having all of these beautiful experiences where, you know, I would have my spirit guides coming in and talking to me. And um, I started realizing that I wanted to learn how to meditate more um, more seriously, more deeply. I wanted to, I really was also on, I have always been on a long, long long-term healing path as well. Like I was really interested in meditation for healing, healing of just, you know, the, the normal kind of like healing the mother wound, healing my, my inner, inner pain and trauma. How do I deal with these, you know, memories coming up and all, all of that. And so I kind of hit a point where I was tired of just blaming my parents. Um, I I know that we have to get to a place where we're comfortable being like, okay, you know, this is what happened to me as a kid. This is how I was treated. This is called gaslighting. Okay. But I, I wanted something kind of more. I wanted, I wanted to heal it. Like I wanted real change. I didn't want to be angry anymore. I didn't want to carry this resentment. And it, I had been through therapy years and years and years and years of therapy, um, due, due actually to having bulimia in, in my like college years that I, you know, I'd been through therapy and it still, and I still had this lingering kind of sadness, um, anger, resentment. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to start, I heard about my, who I I was dating my, my, who is now my husband. He told me about these 10 day silent retreats, um, for Vipassana meditation, where you, you're, you're silent for 10 days, you meditate all day and they're free. And they're all over the world and they're the same everywhere. So, you know, you, you, you're always getting the same kind of tailor-made experience. It's almost like an initiation, you know, everyone is in the same boat together and you meditate in this hall all together. And so you're just, everyone's in, in it together. Um, and that just, I was like, okay, I'm, I, I want to do something extreme like this. And so I actually went to, I would go to them every year. I went to three of them and then one weekend um, retreat. Well, one of them, I think it was one of the the later ones, I was having a, just, I was having a serious, um, like, I would just call it like cleansing. And actually, oh, this is interesting. I'm I'm just realizing this one, I was actually pregnant um, with my first child. And so I am, you know, at this 
beautiful, you know, meditation retreat. I know, I really know what, what to expect, but suddenly in this one, I get in to my room. I have a roommate and um, there are two twin beds, you know, in this little room, very clean, brand new, brand new building. And so I'm unpacking my, my stuff and just, you know, very kind of like minimal stuff. And I, I leave the room and come back and there's a huge spider in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, what, like, where did that come from? And it's a very clean room, like sterile, brand new. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just, no big deal. I'll, I'll take the spider, put it out. That was kind of my introduction for that, um, that sit, which the whole theme actually, actually fits. So I, you know, I take the spider out, I put it outside. Um, and then later on, I, I'm in a long line for the bathroom. The, the woman ahead of me comes out. And as soon as I get in, there's a huge scorpion in the middle of the bathroom. And I'm like, it's a silent retreat. You know, no one can really discuss any of this. And I'm like, how did she not see this? Like, is this, this is weird. And it was, he was kind of lethargic. And I'm like, this is very strange. I actually, I have actually only seen a scorpion one time um, in real life. And so I put that outside. And then there's this, there's just this bug removal theme that is just running through my head. And I, I just kind of keep going. And so in these, you know, these retreats, you have this, like a, like a daily routine, you're really, really good, really delicious food, but just really clean, healthy food. Um, and you don't get dinner at the end, um, or at, in the evening, which I mean, I did, cause I, I did eat, um, dinner cause I was pregnant at the time, but it, it puts you into like this cleanse in itself. And then I was just meditating all day. And I actually, um, one of the days I was just feeling really, really sluggish and I went to bed the night before and my whole body felt like bugs were crawling on me. And it was like a really just kind of weird sensation of like crawling feelings. The next day I actually pass a tapeworm, a huge tapeworm spontaneously, like the kind of thing that you'd probably need, you know, like a colonic to see, like, just really like, I don't know what is happening. I was super freaked out, never seen anything like that before. Um, and again, it's silent. So I can't, I, I can't process it. I just have to <laughs> keep going. I'm super weirded out. But, um, but after that, I feel like this sense of joy and like, like light energy. And so I'm just, I want to like run around. It, it was so, um, just so interesting. And after that, my meditation started taking on a deeper quality. It was easier to meditate. Um, I could concentrate more. My mind was more focused. And so um, before I kind of get to the end, I, at the very beginning, there was a, well, actually that was a, a different one. So no, I'm going to, I'm going to just stick to this, to this one Vipassana, there's so many things that happen at these, at these retreats, but for this one, I went to bed, uh, it was one of the later, the later evenings, and I was, the roommate, we had just turned out the light, you know, and she's laying down, and I'm still sitting up in bed, and I'm just processing the day, I'm not, I'm just kind of having a, a going to like this reverie, or like a daydream, but I'm, I'm sitting there awake. And in my vision, I'm looking out the window and 
I see five coyotes standing right outside the window, looking at me, staring at me. And I get kind of a weird feeling about them. I'm like, these five coyotes, like, what are they? Like, I, they're looking at me with black eyes. Like, I, I just, I don't like the way I feel looking at them, but I'm just, you know, just staring outside the window. Um, there are coyotes on the land um, that I grew up on. So I was kind of used to them, I should say. But suddenly a huge jaguar, I mean, it's unmistakably a jaguar. And it was very clear with me that it was a jaguar. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't panther. It wasn't um, leopard, you know, and it had the spots. It comes through, it just comes through from the side like straight with intent and it eats all five of them. And so then it turns and looks at me and all five of the coyotes are jumbled up in its mouth, like almost like a cartoon, like a cartoonish mass. And then it starts getting closer to the window. And I'm starting at this point, I'm looking out the window like, um, can it see me? Like, is this window even a barrier? I start getting freaked out. And it comes through the window in that moment. And at the exact moment that it comes through the window, the trash can under the window moves. It slides across the floor, making the scraping noise. So my roommate jumps out of bed and is like, we're, all, we're both looking at the trash can, like how could that have moved? And of course it's silent, so we can't discuss this, but we're both looking around, like we turn on the light. We're like, is there a mouse? Like, is there a mouse here? What could have moved the trash can? And of course, like we don't find anything. We go back to bed, turn on the lights. So this time I'm laying down, I'm like, okay, that was weird. Um, it happened at the exact same moment. You know, I just, it, I don't know what, what to make of this. And as soon as I close my eyes, I'm back in this Jaguar's body and I am like, um, like stalking something. I can feel it in my shoulder blades still like stalking something in the jungle. And I'm just walking through the jungle and I'm feeling its power and I'm feeling how really nothing else messes with, <laughs> with me, you know, in this, in this state. And that, you know, the feeling of being apex kind of thing um, at the top of the food chain there in the jungle and feeling just that raw sense of stalking and that raw sense of power. And so uh, after that, I, I fall asleep like into a dream that I that I don't remember. But it was a really interesting kind of introduction to a what has become a spirit animal for me that will help in times of um, for entity removals. I really love in that account how it goes from a visionary experience, right? So seeing these five coyotes outside and, mm -hmm. and then seeing this Jaguar come and then come into the room. And at the same time, then it creates this physical manifestation that even your roommate at the time hears and sees, which is this trash can moving. I, yes. I absolutely love that. And right. it, it seems like it was par for the course for that weekend, right? That you were having these you know, either you're seeing something physical or you're having these vis visionary experiences in relation to this kind of cleansing that you're experiencing by going through this process, right? Yes, absolutely. So it was like, it was just, you know, and even the, like the parasite cleansing. So it felt like not only was I cleansing, um, you know, just like 
the bugs or like just the things that were holding me back from meditating, like spiritually, it was also manifesting on the physical. And so it was like spiritual cleansing, physical cleansing. And then I got, you know, like the, um, the whole spirit animal theme to, to that cleansing and to how you just remove entities and how I can embody that energy of being able to remove entities and how, and how it really started with me. Like I I would have to do it to myself first. And do you find that Jaguar spirit like is still with you, helping you with entity removal and parasite removal, that type of thing? Like, do you work with him in your, uh, in your current practice and that type of thing? Yes. So I really like the, the Jaguar and I don't usually have to, um, it's almost like they'll, whichever one I need will kind of come the, when it comes to the animal spirits. And so the Jaguar kind of comes around when I need her, like when I'm in a situation where, and so honestly, I haven't had her around as much. Like I kind of needed her early on when there were some like family, you know, people that weren't, you know, didn't have good energy and I needed like an emotional barrier energetic barrier. I would suddenly feel this thing rubbing on my legs. And I was like, what was that? And it would be kind of high up on the legs too, right? So not like my, my I have a cat. So like, it wasn't a small animal. And then I suddenly realized, oh, like this, I could see like my Jaguar like circling around me. And I realized it was almost like, also on top of that, it felt like the spirit of, like the spirit of my fear or the spirit of things that had had kind of turned into like a jaguar, like it, it transmuted into something of power. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of how I felt like the, the, that Vipassana experience, that was what I was doing. That was why I was meditating all day was to transmute my, my fear into something that was powerful that I could use to help other people. Right, right, absolutely. One thing I find when you're going through experiences that are transformational like that, especially when you're, you know, when you're transmuting a lot of stuff, that is exactly when you should expect this kind of, um, you know, manifestations to occur. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely amazing. And I love the fact yeah. that you, you know, it's still there working with you. Obviously, you know, one thing I find as well when working with, with spirit guides and such of this type is, you know, they come into your life for a certain time and they're very important at that time. Right. Uh, Right. But then it's kind of like, you know, they've given you their wisdom. They've, they've done what they need to do and they kind of can take a backseat then and allow other things to start happening. Right. Yes. Um, and it's, so it sounds like something similar there has happened, right? You, you worked with Jaguar spirit for a time and it's kind of taken a backseat. Yes. It's like I, she was there when I needed her and it's in, and now it's such a familiar energy that it's like, it would be something I could call on. And it is something I have called on, you know, when I have really needed it, like, okay, like I need, I need to call in some backup. So I'll, I'll ask Jaguar to come in, but it really, it's almost like I, sort of just phased out of needing it all the time. Like I did back then, I would say, cause I was in more of a, I would say a tender 
place um, and not as good at boundaries. And she really came in with boundaries. <laughs> so that, um, and that happened at the same time when I would say that I also had the change, I call it the changing of the guards with my, when my spirit guides also changed. Oh, interesting. Um, I know we're running up on time here, but, but you yeah. can definitely tell that story because that's, that's curious. Yes. So I had one, I remember I would do a form of channeling where I would be writing and I would just kind of write, you know, um, I think people naturally do this. I think this is so, 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 so natural. Um, but I was just kind of writing stream of consciousness and I was writing about, you know, my guides and it came out that I had one guide for each chakra. And I had, you know, different and one each, each chakra meant um, a specific energy. And these guides were working on that energy, kind of giving me energy work. And they also told me that they were past lives of mine as well, that had stuck around with me to act in the form of a guide. And I always thought that was so cool. And I loved all of them. I, I, I resonated. I thought all of them were a piece of me. I resonated with all of them. I had one of them was a like a temple dancer. One of them was a, like a Native American um, dancing medicine man. Um, you know, I had all these different, like um, just different iterations going up and they, were, they would show me the connection to each um, chakra along the colors. And then as I, like after I went through all of these Vipassanas and, and more, more healing essentially, like as I, as I amassed more healing, it's almost like their work was done. And then I, I got um, to see my, who I now see is really a higher self brought me, you know, they, they kind of brought me up to my, I see her as a inner earth, <laughs> Venusian Pleiadian is how she describes herself. So she, she's in the inner earth now, but she, she hails from the Pleiades or um, she came from Venus by way of the Pleiades. And so she has like the long blonde hair and she can be either, she can split into um, male or female, kind of depending on what I need. And usually when I first saw her, she was holding my baby, like the baby that I had just had um, when I saw her. So I, I didn't know what that meant at the time. And now I'm like, oh, like a higher self image is what she was trying to show me. Right, right. Wow. Okay, we, we have to have uh, a deeper talk about this at some point, because I'm seeing so many parallels with some of, with so many of the things that uh, my partner Laova and I have experienced, including, you know, working with the higher self intensively as a, as a guide. And yes. also, um, and, and the one thing that you mentioned that really strikes me is the, um, the whole past selves as guides that is yes. absolutely something that i have run into before as well and that is i absolutely love how you you know this is something i find which is that guides can tend to have a very functional like it can can be there to uh to perform a function especially like that they resonate with a particular energy, right? So when you talk about the seven chakras there, absolutely, you know, those, those seven energies, and, and then, you know, you're going to have a, a guide that resonates with that particular energy and come into your life. And I absolutely love how in your situation there, it was, uh, 
past selves that that's something that really resonates so we're yes. definitely gonna have to have deeper conversations about that yes sure. let's do it that sounds so fun so um yeah we're coming up on the hour here so uh, Olivia, how can people find you and what you do? And I know that you offer um, a number of uh, uh, services in mediumship and such. So uh, why don't you tell the people about that as well and where to find you? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Eric, for for the chance to do this and, and listening to my to my shares. Um, this was such a pleasure. But my, my info, I'm at oliviaestelle.com. And you can email me there. Um, and I have some mediumship as well as um, psychic development and advanced psychic development group classes that I have been doing. And then I'm going to start some more in the new year. So definitely, you know, reach out via email if you're interested in joining that where we work on practicing, you know, it'll just be practicing mediumship where everyone gets to go. And then in the same, in the same vein, you get, everyone, you know, gets a beautiful reading about their loved ones as well. And so the, the ongoing um, advanced kind of psychic development class, we are working on different things. We just did medical intuition um, last week. And then the week before that, we did remote viewing. Um, we did, we've done mediumship. We've done um, just pure psychic um, work. And so we're just kind of going through all the different um modalities so that people can figure out where their strengths lie, where their interests lie and develop what they're interested in rather than just kind of feeling like they need to go one speed. But um, I also do, I do intuitive readings. Um, I do regression hypnotherapy for past life regression and meeting your spirit guides. Absolutely is one of my favorite sessions to do as well as intuitive astrology. So if you want to get into your birth chart and intuitively look at, you know, who you are, what your purpose is, you know, a, a bit about where you came from that I, I love doing those things. And I like mel melding all three um, into my sessions. So yeah, just reach out um, via email on my website, oliviastell.com. That would be awesome. It would be awesome just to hear from, hear from you as well. Well, we'll definitely put your information in the show notes below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description and uh, in the podcast description as well. Um, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us here on Spirits and Seekers on the Spirit World Center podcast. This has been a fantastic conversation, and I think we're definitely going to have you uh, back on for round two because uh, I think we have so much still to delve into and you definitely have a lot of great insights into mediumship and all that that we haven't even touched on so <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back yes i would love to thank you again so so much well thank you so much and you have a, a wonderful day and everybody i i strongly suggest reaching out to olivia um you know she's uh She's good at this stuff. So Olivia, have a wonderful day. Lots of love and light and take care. Thank you. You too, Eric.